And hello, uh, welcome back to our new episode, folks. Um, I believe it's episode 39. Now, crazy times. Um, obviously, this is our interview episode, and this week we have um, a wonderful guest. Um, I guess I'll uh, get them to introduce themselves. Hi, uh, my name is Jamie Finlay. I'm a sound design and music composer. Uh, recently worked on The Lost Bear for VR. Fabulous. So obviously you've been doing, you've just, well, The Lost Bear is coming out on Tuesday. Um, yeah. So we'll talk about that in a bit. But tell me a bit about you. How did you get to today? Um, so originally I, I, I used to be a recording artist and uh, music producer. Mm. Um, and I released on a kind of bunch of indie labels around um, the UK and a couple in America and basically uh, I did that for sort of full time for about for about six or seven years um, and had some success with it but uh, yeah, basically just on the side I was always doing little bits of music and sound design for films and uh, like sort of short films and a few kind of video games and stuff like that and essentially, a, a friend, a good friend of mine who um, used to work for uh, uh, Sony in Liverpool, um, set up his own business and did a game called uh, When Vikings Attack. And oh yes, it, yeah. And it, they asked me to do the score for that, but also uh, essentially do the whole audio production for it. And um, I, t I took that on, and basically, my career just kind of took a bit of a different path after that. And I just then, I ended up really doing a lot of work in uh, games and then film, TV, commercials, um, and that kind of stuff. And mm. yeah, just uh, sent me off down the path into the, the games industry. So I, I then went on to work um, on a couple of the Lego games with uh, Traveller's Tales and uh, worked on, I've actually worked on a, a load of uh, prototypes as well for a few different game studios that didn't see the light of day, unfortunately, <laughs> as it goes in the game industry. But um, yeah, so, and then I've, uh, the last kind of three years I've worked with uh, a studio called Fabric, who've published uh, The Lost Bear, basically. Ah. And mm. um, do you, how do you, how did you actually approach the, the Lost Bear? How did you even get the gig for a start? So The Lost Bear was, um, Kind of a funny one in terms of how it came about because the last, the last kind of three or four games I've worked on, I've, I've actually worked as the audio director as well as the um, composer, so I've kind of worked on the whole audio production. But um, the Lost Bear was being uh, produced by Oddbug, who uh, with a, a, a great sound designer called Jay Casey, mm -hmm. he's a good friend of mine uh, from Manchester, and. I sort of, I'd known Jay for a little while and also I'd, I'd basically been a freelance audio director at Fabric for about two years. And what actually happened is, is uh, they kind of brought me in to just assist basically on some of the um, sort of music production side of things. Uh, so so originally they with uh, The Lost Fair, they'd basically recorded about um, sort of five or six beautiful acoustic tracks which were actually recorded by... Um, the lead creative's grandfather, uh, a, a guy, Mal Peacock. So uh, I don't know whether you've heard some of the acoustic tracks. They're kind of in, in the start of the game and the end of the game and also in all the promo stuff. Yeah. And they're, they're really, really lovely. Mm. But um, but they wanted someone to kind of score the game, essentially, yeah. uh, rather than sort of bookend it with these uh, beautiful acoustic tracks. And that's where I came in. So... Um, it was a pretty blank slate, really, at the start. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was quite an interesting job. Just to, uh, Like I say, the last few jobs I've done have just been, a, I've been solely responsible for nearly all of the audio, voiceover direction, music composition, sound design. And just to come in and do one section of the game was a really, was a really nice change, actually, because it just meant yeah. that um, it was nice to just completely develop myself to doing the music. And I really enjoyed it, actually, quite a yeah. lot. And I think with previous stuff, Doing all of that is it's it's a lot to kind of to have on your shoulders. It is, yeah, it is. I mean, it, it kind of depends on the size of the project as well. I mean, if it's a massive project, obviously, you know, it can't always be like that. But um, a lot of the time as well is when I say that I've kind of uh, produced or directed the whole of the audio, I will bring people in to help me out here and there. But 
yeah, it's just just not, ha- but it's still having that entire responsibility for the whole kind of ethos of the audio ethos of the game. It's quite a big, you know, it's a big responsibility. But but this was great just to sort of go off in my own little world. And if you've played a game, some of the music is quite well, it's, it's quite trippy in parts. So it was uh, spending a few days just sort of experimenting with sounds. Like it 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 was a lot of fun. I um I kind of wanted to pre- um, approach it with doing everything really organic. So I recorded pretty much every single instrument. In fact, I recorded every single instrument. There's no kind of like sound libraries or anything used on it. It was all just kind of... No stems? uh, No, I don't think there was. It was just a, it was a lot of, I've I've manipulated it heavily. Yeah. I did a lot of uh, recording kind of um, like bowing my uh, electric bass guitar and kind of playing this like xylophone in there. But like you wouldn't, you wouldn't know it because it's all been manipulated so much that you can, Hardly tell, <laughs> which was great fun. So I had a, I had a, I had about two weeks of just um, kind of hitting. Like I had a, there was one time I had all these metal uh, xylophone bars hanging up by a string, and I was kind of uh, hitting them with like um, uh, mallets and stuff, and kind of you know, it's like. But um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of the the actual approach to the music, I, I was kind of um, influenced a little bit by Inception really okay okay um because there's a technique that they used in that film where they they took the um edith pf track je ne regret rien and Mm. they basically every time you they went down a level into the sort of dream world um they would uh they they used another version of that song the idea in there the lost bear was that uh, Walnut, who's the main character. Yeah, what a great um, name for a character. I just think it's yeah. absolutely. I don't know where that come from. I mean, uh, basically, Dan, who whose grandfather recorded these acoustic tracks, mm-hmm. it's the stories about his little sister who basically disappeared for uh, a day mm-hmm. and just returned after kind of being vanished for hours, never had been looking for her, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, just as if nothing had happened. And this is kind of Dan's. <laughs> So yeah, this, so this is Dan's idea of of um, what might have happened in those hours whilst uh, his little sister was kind of disappeared. But there's also, you know, they put it in a different context where there's like a post-apocalyptic kind of feel to it and stuff. And um, that's a really so, nice story. Yeah. So yeah, so the idea is that the Walnut disappears off into this this dream world. So I, I kind of had the idea, which I sort of pinched from Inception, really of. Of taking the original music, which is uh, the music that Dan's granddad recorded, and actually I time stretched it down to um, using a great tool called uh, Paul Stretch, which is a just a brilliant tool for kind of time stretch, lossless time stretching, basically. Oh right, okay. Um, so I, p- I pitched the guitar music down and just took, I kind of just took chunks and recomposed those and used them as a sort of basis. So tonally and uh, melodically it all fits together mm-hmm. uh, i saw in one of the reviews someone just said it was it's, it's almost like the music is uh almost sort of harmonic all the way through and it kind of is in a lot of ways mm-hmm. uh, they, were, they were quite right about that because there's parts where um and you know you should it's funny you say about reviews it, mm-hmm. it's a real bugbear of mine when i read reviews and i read them obviously i read quite all the time but i read yeah. one this week for absolver can't wait to play that. <clears throat> yeah. Nothing mentioned at all about the soundtrack. And oh, right. And, and you know who did it? You know, Austin, um, Austin Wintry did it. I just find That's that really bizarre that they don't even yeah. mention anything about that. Yeah, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because mm. there's that old adage which people sort of say is that, you know, or that if the music's good, like, people don't notice it. And that... I don't know whether that's true or not, you know. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's brilliant if it sits in the background and works yeah. works great, but other times as well, it's fantastic to have it right up front. And, uh, yeah, totally. Okay, you know, so. I know from personal experience, sometimes it is almost that like background noise. Yeah. And then I think over time, I've kind of, I remember doing, I don't know whether you've ever been, but Game Music Connect. Oh, I've not actually been yet, no. Yeah. Is, that in, is that in London? Yes, Barbican. Because they missed a year, didn't they? Yeah, like, they missed last shit. year, so hopefully they'll be doing something soon or next year. But I remember Jason Graves was doing a talk on it, and he showed a piece of um, Tomb Raider that he scored. Yeah. And it was just watching it, and you're thinking, I've never noticed that before. 
Yeah. <laughs> and now every time I play something, you know, like play the, the recent Rise of the Tomb Raider, I was like, yeah, I get it. You know, yeah. totally. Completely kind of changes your view on the whole thing. Mm. It's, it's fantastic music for uh, the first one of the reboot. I really love that soundtrack, actually. It's, yeah. It's a, it's a yeah. I think I'd be a really happy chappy if they did a, a reboot of Tomb Raider 2 in that kind of you know the new way that they the, the do it. I just that would, I seal clap my way to Christmas. <laughs> yeah. It's something that I was thinking about. You know, as you said, the um, chap's grandfather did the music. Yeah, Dan. Yeah, Dan. Um, how did that? Obviously, it's going to. But how did it kind of affect the way that you scored the Lost Bear? Yeah, it's an interesting. Question, would you have done um, it if there was nothing there? Would you have done it in an entirely different style? I did a lot of early demos for it, which I kind of um, played to the guys, and they sort of bounced on a couple of them. And I was, I was kind of just trying to find an angle in, and they really loved those pieces of music. And it, in a way, they they were essentially recorded before I came on board, so mm. that was musically that was the only reference that I really had so they were and they really wanted to fit them into the game somehow I was kind of, and I was I mean but they couldn't just we couldn't just play that music all the way through and it took me a while to really kind of get to what the guys kind of were driving at in a, in a lot of ways so because I'd kind of played them stuff so I played some I recorded some stuff that was quite sort of melodic and you know I had sort of some rhythm in it and some kind of Proper actual grown-up melodies, yeah, you know, <laughs> and uh, and um, and it didn't feel quite right. I knew it didn't feel quite right. They knew it didn't feel quite right. But and I think what it was is that there was they they kind of kept coming back to this thing of saying that we want the music to feel like it's part of the world. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I was that must be difficult because you're like, well, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, what does that? And I was this is it. I was like, what what does that actually mean? And I think what they what I kind of got down to was that what they were getting at was that they wanted the music to sound almost like it was kind of the ambience of this world, you know, so it wasn't, so it was almost like this kind of dream work, this dream world where the ambience or the forest could sort of sound melodic in it, not melodic, but kind of tonal in Mm -hmm. a way. And, um, that's kind of like when I kind of hit on the right thing. As and I mean, originally, if, I think if they'd gone in and said, right, we don't want any rhythm, we don't want any kind of recognisable melodies, that would have been a lot easier. But it's <laughs> it's sometimes as a composer, you know, it's not, um, you know, you have to kind of really listen to what people are saying and what they what they want. But I think in terms of how it affected me, obviously, because it was such a kind of, the story was such a sort of personal one for Dan's family. Yeah. And... Obviously, there was the connection with his grandfather, and I just wanted to really treat it with the utmost respect, basically. Mm. So, I wanted to. So, so in, t- in terms of using that music, I thought, how can I use this in a way that it's going to tie everything together? And that's when I just came up with the idea of completely kind of time stretching it. So, I think one of the tracks that time stretched to, to about twelve or thirteen hours long, and then just took kind of like <laughs> sections out of it. Yeah, and, and I took a whole section, and then I sort of like spread it out on a keyboard and made. Um, some key sounds out of that, and then I just basically started composing over the top of it. So, mm. so a lot of the a lot of the music that we have in the game is quite. It's, I mean, it's not procedural by any means, but it is kind of. Um, it should be very unrepetitive because it, it changes quite a lot. I mean, I used a lot of um, randomization and stuff with like uh, playing back like loops. I mean, the, this is the, this is the great thing about kind of uh, music that doesn't have a rhythm in it, like you can actually kind of get away with kind of putting a lot of layers on top of each other and being quite kind of almost a bit ad hoc with the implementation because, you know, you can, you can sort of drop a tone in here. So yeah, I mean, you can, you can, you can kind of be a bit more ad hoc with the implementation because you can, you can throw um, sounds on top of each other and just create these kind of generate these layers of music rather than sort of a right. It needs to have an intro and outro, a, a bridge to jump to here. Yeah, do you see yeah. what I mean? It's kind of, it's a lot more sort of free flowing, which was, which is quite good fun. It sort of made my job a lot easier and it became this big sort of palette of music that was just sort of piling in. But the, the only problem was, um, there was a couple of points where I got a little bit carried away. <laughs> I think I mean, there was one point where I had like something like, 
like 20 loops in a kind of, uh, you know, <laughs> random generational stereo. And You're like, okay, step back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, Jay was like, mm, uh, this is wigging the game out a little bit here. So I was like, okay, let's turn, let's, let's take it a little bit. But so, the, yeah, so there was a lot, there was a lot of fun with it like that. And, um, but there, there was another element to it, which wasn't just the sort of terminal side of things, which was, I used some quite kind of cinematic sort of jump scares in, yeah. in there as well. Um, which was quite uh, good fun too. And um, actually, it's just popped in my head. Two things, really. One is, um, it really does sound like it's almost like a family thing with Dan mm. and obviously his granddad and his sister. And I think that's quite nice. And it's very unusual. Um, and then, obviously, you've scored stuff before, and you, as you said, but how different was doing The Lost Bear, as you said, uh, to anything else that you've done? Did you approach it differently? Do you find every single project that you do is completely different in the way that you approach them? Or Yeah, I would say absolutely. I mean, I have a really kind of wide range of sort of tastes in not just in game music. You know, I, yeah. mean, I kind of listen to a lot of music outside of game music as well. Um, we and also, I kind of work across a few different industries as well, so that can affect things. So really... Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily approach a project and think, right, I'm going to kind of, you know, do it like this, you know, <laughs> yeah, or I'm going to use my usual. But the only the only thing that I have, which is a real, which I come back to every single time, is working with whoever I'm working with and trying to get to a, a, get to um, a stage where everybody's really happy with what what we've got musically, you know, um, and essentially. I want the music to be driven by the gameplay, by the player. Mm. And that's that's the only thing that's consistent throughout every single project that I work on. It's kind of my my sort of work ethic rather than the actual music that I'm making, if you see what I mean. Because with the previous uh, game that I worked on, which was um, Filthy Luca, which I did for... Oh, yeah. Uh, Fab- yeah, so that was uh, Fabric Games. And, I mean, that was kind of... A lot of that was sort of four to the floor, kind of um, quite banging electro, which is a complete change from uh, from from this. And that was a, and that was just a completely different different mind mind state, really. I mean, I guess yeah. So it it, it always starts with the project. The project always dictates. That must it. be terrifying in a way, because uh, as well, when you're first kind of um, when you've got something you know concrete, and you're like, right, I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna show them this and see what they think you're almost handing them your heart on, on your sleeve for them to yes. judge you on and you're like oh please like it yeah there is a lot of that i mean i tend to i mean i do a lot i do spend a lot of time at the beginning talking to whoever i'm working with and, and trying to get an idea of what they're into and kind of what they're hearing and also you know in the head because i mean as much as the most difficult thing is when you work with someone they go just do what you want. I mean, it's like, you know, yeah. because you know that that's not what they mean. No. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like everyone, everyone who's ever said that, I know that they've got something in their head where they're like, like here we go. Cause, <laughs> yeah, because, you know, it's everybody, I mean, you know, everybody has a preconception of what they have in their mind, what they hear in their mind. Yeah. And it's trying to just kind of get that out of somebody, somebody yeah. really with a, you know, so I tend to kind of start with a. I usually do like a shared sort of Spotify playlist, and I throw a bunch of tracks that I really like in there, and I get them to throw a bunch of tracks in, and then we kind of so sort of look at the influences and kind of start playing that against. Kind I of love their, doing that, Joe. You know, it's funny. I was talking to a friend yesterday, and we have a shared playlist, and we just throw stuff that we've heard, you know, into it, and see um, kind of bounce off each other. I like. I love doing that. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I mean, mix, mix tapes, I think, is something that I've been doing since I was a year old. No, yeah. so now, you know, it's like it's still, I've just been asked to do a, a compilation mix for um, a festival called And Festival, which is called Abandoned Normal Devices. And uh, I did, I've kind of, it's become a bit of an annual tradition now. So yeah. the first one was like a sci-fi one. The second one was about um, spying and sort of uh, dis, uh, sort of dystopian um, futures and stuff, but this one's really been really difficult because it's about kind of um, geology. Sometimes I've been trying to find some tracks that you know that uh, work with that. So I mean, I, I mean, I, and I, I really love it. I just love that process of mm. kind of finding new music to listen to and kind yeah. of 
really digging down into into no, I, uh, absolutely get it you know sometimes i i say on twitter who wants a, pl- a playlist i just love making people playlists like i've done one even just yesterday um kind of outside what i'd normally do i have a bit of a tendency to kind of stick to the kind of chilled out you know gentle stuff um yeah. and this one's like you know um fred falk Rex the dog, Sasha, <laughs> all that, all that Fritz Kalkenbrenner, all that kind of stuff. Um, so it's a bit of a banger. <laughs> but yeah, um, and obviously with the Lost Bear, you finished that a while, a long time ago, didn't you? Or a while ago? Uh, yeah, it was a good few months ago now. So uh, yeah, it's been it's been a little while to have to. You know, I had to kind of uh, pull up a few files and listen to them again before we chat. <laughs> You're like, remind myself of what. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and so, what happens next? I mean, obviously, the last bear comes out on Tuesday. Um, reviews seem to be exceptionally warm. Yeah, they're nice. Actually, it's nice to it's nice to hear. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, it's been really good to see. I'm trying. I've I've kind of dipped my toe into some of the reviews, but I'm trying not. To, I've I've kind of stopped now because I want to. I'm going to strap my headset on later and give it a go. Yeah, great. I've seen. You know, it's different. For a want a better word, um, a two D yeah. side scroller in VR. Yeah, yeah. I think it's one of the because I mean I, I um, I've got a headset and I've played a few experiences and I, I really there's some stuff that works great and some stuff that's just not quite there yet. I mean, when someone described the game to me, uh, like, well, yeah, I'm not really sure about that. And then I put as soon as I put the headset on, I just thought this really works. You know, this is great. It's kind of the 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 potential for for this to do some yeah to, the potential for it was just incredible um, yeah it's it's it, I really hope you enjoy it it'd be uh, nice to hear what you think about it so. definitely well the review will be going live later on this week so
it's really intrigued me from like from when I originally saw it, and it's ages ago I I saw it, I seen it, and um, I can't wait. I've just been well, I've been a little bit hungover today, and then we went out, so I'll definitely be <laughs> jumping on <Yeah>. later. <laughs> yeah, but in, in terms of what's next, I'm just uh, basically I've I mean I'm uh, I work as a um, freelance audio director with Fabric Games, and mm-hmm. um, so I'm working with them on uh, on whatever they're cooking up at the moment, which obviously I can't really talk about. Yeah, um, uh, I always laugh in in this industry because I've never known anything <laughs> like NDAs for music in my <laughs> yeah, crazy. Uh, yeah, so um, I've just worked on a uh, I just did some work with a company called Clever Beans, um, who were who I did went Vikings Attack with, which was like my first you know my first kind of uh, console title. I've just done some work with them on on a new project that they're working on, which was good fun and. I'm about to work on some non-game stuff um, for uh, VR, so it's a v- VR experience. Oh, wow. Yeah, really just kind of freelancing away and ticking away, yeah. I've just kind of, uh, I've just bought a house, so I'm doing a lot of decorating at the moment. Oh, which is I don't envy you No, I don't envy you. One thing I can't stand is, is uh, DIY, because I just yeah. can't be dealing with the mess. Yeah, it feels a bit like that's my been my full time job for the last kind of uh, couple of weeks, and I do this other music thing as well. This is the thing, yeah. I know, and trust me, it'll be. Oh God, I remember when we bought this place, and just oh, no. Obviously, I'm assuming you're a gamer as well. Yep. So, over the last kind of say, I'll give it a time period, ten years. What have you sat down and played and thought? Jesus, I really wish I did the music for this. <laughs> or wow, the music on this is immense. I mean, there's a, I mean, there's a few games that, well, there's there's loads that I I, I play a lot of games actually. Yeah, yeah. a lot. Probably My few, pile of shame probably. is just horrendous. Yeah, and I've got I've got a bit of a backlog at the moment as well, which is yep a bad thing. But I'm at the moment I've kind of had to give myself a bit of a sort of yeah. put my foot down and say right, I'm not going to buy any new games until. <laughs> but then something but then new something comes out. I'm like, Ooh. Yeah, and yeah. like the new Uncharted. Yeah, I had to. I mean, I had to have a day one release that obviously. Um, which, uh, I mean, know, I've I've resisted, and a friend's bought it, and he's going to give me his afterwards. So, um, and I've I've cancelled my Destiny Two order because I put well, hundreds of hours into D One, but I don't know. I'm just not feeling it this time. I mean, it's funny because I met Marty um, a few years ago in london for gmc <laughs> it was really funny because i'd brought my friend along with me and like marty o'donnell is like huge yeah and he's so he's so lovely i mean to be fair anybody i've spoken to or met has been absolutely amazing but i was chatting to him anyway and i got my friend took a picture of us yeah. and i got so overexcited i just kind of wandered off and he was <laughs> like Later on, he said, I wanted a picture too. And I was like, shit, sorry. <laughs> I was like, I've just met and spoke to Martin O'Donnell. <laughs> Proper fangirl. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah in, ter- in terms of games that kind of music mm. has really blown me away, uh, there's, a, there's a few for sort of really different reasons. I mean, I absolutely love the music for Red Dead Redemption. I really love that. Yeah. Um, just the kind of the themes that they use in it are just brilliant. But then also, I love the fact that they use a Jose Gonzalez track when they go over into Mexico. Yes. That moment was just really, like, incredible. You know, I remember the first time I saw that, just thinking, wow, you know, that just completely shivers up my spine, blew me away. Um, I always loved the music for Bioshock, which was great. In fact, I think Bioshock was one of the first games that I played where I just felt kind of, it was such a cinematic experience yeah, that made me realise. I absolutely agree. I mean, for me, Bioshock is it's my favourite game series of all time. I've yeah. even got um the tattoos now as well. Yeah, you know the the, the three link chain? Yeah. I've got uh that on both of my wrists and then on one arm I've got written in lengthways, a man chooses and on the other one is a slave obeys. Oh, excellent. Yeah, and I'm That's gonna cool. get another tattoo. I'm That's definitely getting like a Big, uh, big daddy, little sister thing, at some point. Yeah. Because yeah. I just, I love, 
Bioshock. And yeah, I, incredible. Absolutely. I actually spoke to Gary before, um, interviewed him for the show, and he's so, so lovely. And just that, the whole music for that entire series just blew me away. I'm playing the collection now at the minute, and it's just... Yeah, I've bought it. I've not got around plenty yet, but it's, it's definitely... But it's, funnily, I've been um, following a guy, sorry, his, his name escaped me now, but I've been following it for some time on Instagram. Mm. But because he was like, he makes these beautiful um, photographs and kind of uh, art uh, art pieces. And uh, I kind of, once, I was like, why am I following this guy again? He's like, I really love this photographer. And I looked at it and he was, he's actually one of the lead sound designers on um, Bioshock. And I was like, oh, right. But he's an yeah, incredible photographer. Anyway, just random. Person. But, <laughs> but, um, so yeah, absolutely love, uh, love Bioshock mm. and really love the way that they, again, use kind of um, some non-sort of soundtrack music as well, like they uh, yes. use kind of the 1920s stuff yeah. with the, uh, Somewhere Beyond the Sea, yeah. when kind of walking down the stairs. I will never forget that moment in the game. It's incredible. Um, but then The Last of Us, amazing. Oh. Uh, the use of music in the game is so sparing yeah. that it's beautiful. really impact. Achingly beautiful. I mean, I've... My other half um, is massive um, vinyl collector, and it's kind of rubbing off me on a bit now. I bought the Last of Us box set on oh, vinyl, yeah. and it's gorgeous. Is that the one with the really beautiful uh, sleeve art? Yeah, the two hands. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah I really wanted to get a copy of that. Actually. Yeah, I, I, I collected vinyl as well. Uh, so, and I've just uh, got um, Thumper on coloured vinyl. Oh, that's great. Yeah, God, see, that's another one that's just absolutely fantastic. Yeah. One of the best games I've played in VR as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. So fun. Yeah. My other half doesn't, uh, my girlfriend doesn't play a game, and she, but she couldn't get her off thumper. She just absolutely... <laughs> Mine actually said a few Brilliant. years ago, um, why do you have to keep buying um, different games? They're all the same. I was like, <laughs> excuse yeah. me. I've had that. Why haven't you finished that? But you haven't finished that one. I know. So, of course, um, I couldn't couldn't not say a few other games as well. Mm-hmm. I just absolutely love um, Limbo Inside. Both yeah. just incredible music. I mean, they were they were a big reference point for the Lost Bear as well. From the the Inside, uh, I, I played Limbo and Inside. Inside just eh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think this was. This was kind of what I was talking to them about when uh, talking to the Lost Bear team when we were, talk- when we were trying to pin down music for that. Because w- they were saying, oh, we kind of don't want, we don't want any music in it. Like, they didn't say we don't want any music, but we, they were, like, we want the music really subtle. It's like, and they were saying, you know, when you play Limbo, there's no music in it. But actually, if you play Limbo, there's music all the way through that game from the top to the end but it's just so kind of subtle you know that you almost sort of it's just it's just there and it's kind of blended in with the background and it's oh, it's just yeah it's just absolutely beautiful I mean the, the music for Inside as well is incredible um, Portal I love the music from Portal as well yes. absolutely amazing um, it's just there's a, there's a really cute little bit where you find the uh, turret the gun turret behind yes. this uh, do you know the bit I mean? Where mm-hmm. and they're all singing that kind of choir song. Yeah, it's just like if you find this hidden room, it's just they're there, kind of singing this like. <laughs> so it kind of that's really cool. Um, I also love uh, Cliff Martinez's score for Far Cry, um, uh, the two that he did. Yeah, which are yeah. three and four. They're, yeah, they're, actually, they're, I dropped that on vinyl as well. It's coloured vinyl. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Certainly, on the last game that I did, uh, he was a really big influence because I just I really loved. The music that he writes is so kind of sort of sparse. And um, did you ever hear a score they did for a film called Contagion? I think it's called. Oh um, no, I haven't. That's great. That's oh, really. Oh, that and the Nick as well, which was really interesting because the Nick was a sort of I don't know whether you saw it, but it's a film set in the twenties in New York, and it was kind of about um, it was basically about like the first sort of like A and E, which sounds a bit boring, but it was but. It wasn't. It's absolutely brilliant, and um, he did the score for that. But it was really interesting because you had this 1920s period piece with this really heavily electronic score from Cliff Martin mm-hmm. playing over it. But I'll it just worked. It's just yeah. fantastic. I'll definitely yeah. give that a listen to. Um, just looking, I didn't realise Cliff Martinez was um, in the Red Hot Chili Peppers at some point. 
Captain Beefheart and then Red Hot Chili Peppers. Right, yeah. Can't get much more different, really, can you? <laughs> what was the band that uh, Hans Zimmer used to be in? Um, oh, God. Hans Zimmer used to be in the band that did Video Kills a Radio Star. Never. Buggles. Yeah. Uh, let me just have a look. Yeah. The, the Buggles, yeah. Hans Zimmer. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah, it was, yeah. Wow. That's blowing my tiny little mind. I, do, I mean... Oh, everybody knows the work of Hans Zimmer. It's like... Yeah. Eh? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible. Um, have you seen uh, Dunkirk? Yeah. Not yet. Not yet. I really want to see that. The score for it's amazing. Um, <laughs> so Dunkirk, the new Hans Zimmer film, basically, the score for that is absolutely incredible. And he uses this technique in it called a shepherd tone in the music. And it's basically, um, it's an audio illusion. Mm-hmm. And what happens is, it's basically, you've got, one sort of tone that's like one scale that's going up in pitch, one scale that's going down in pitch, and ones that's staying the same. Mm-hmm. And what happens is when you play them all together, it sounds like it's constantly changing frequency, like it's constantly going up, but it isn't. It's like kind of it's just an audio illusion. So the the impact of that on the listener is that during the the film, you're just like on the edge of your seat all the time because you've got this. This sort of constant thing that's going, <laughs> which just makes you feel like it starts to make you feel a little bit sick at points because you just kind of, oh god, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And it's this constant sort of like oppressive tension that's, uh, it, but it's it's brilliant. I mean, I really love love that technique. It's great, and it's, um, I think um, he's an absolute genius. Yeah, but it's. I think that might be a Christopher Nolan thing as well because he's. He's used it in a few of the films that he's been... Um, I know he used it on the, the sound design for the um, Bat Bike in uh, The Dark Knight. And, and it's got the same thing where it sounds like it's constantly sort of going up in pitch. But but yeah, he's, he's great. I, I read a brilliant interview with Hans Zimmer years ago and I've tried to find it and I've completely lost it. And it was an interview I was talking to him about what his, what his day was like, what his sort of day, general day was like. And he was saying, well, I get up at... Uh, 1 p.m. and <laughs> I sit in the bath and have a cigarette and then I kind of I was just like what? <laughs> I'd be very surprised if he has to um, you know um, pitch for work. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and John Williams have got it, you know, tight. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's yeah, it's great. It's great stuff. Um, I think yeah. that, you know, over the last few years, there's been. A number of games that I've played and they've really kind of touched me or hit a nerve, kind of, you know, really great stuff. Uh, like I, I played and reviewed The Town of Light recently. I've not actually heard of that. It's, um, it's a walking simulator uh, yes. about a girl. It's basically the story of a girl who was in its... The setting is actually a real-life hospital. It's in, yeah. it's in Italy. Um, it's closed now it was a a mental hospital and um, the story is about I think it's her going back um, and she's trying to kind of piece together what happened it's really unusual in that kind of set but it is really really good and the soundtrack is fantastic Um, other stuff I've played like I mean I've played things that have made me tear up and you know uh, what did I play recently oh god um, Blackwood Crossing Right, that was really good, and um, that that was um, I can't. I'm not going to say anything, but I just play it. It's really good. Um, then there is obviously <laughs> the only game to make me do this. Um, I finished it and I sobbed. I just sat in front of the TV and sobbed for about twenty minutes. Was ev- uh, everybody's gone to the rapture? Ah, oh, right. Do you know what? I I have a copy of that, and I've still not played it yet. Oh my god! Seriously, it is mind-blowingly good. Because I know it, it won. Uh, it's won everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's won everything. Um, uh, I'm gonna have to play this. Yeah, I've been meaning because it's Jessica Curry, isn't it? It's yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, it's just yeah, it's it's on backlog and going Um It is seriously, it's 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 so good. I mean, there's Jessica's a really good friend, and she'd sent me the soundtrack before it was released. And there was right. a track on it, and I, I burst into tears when I heard it for the first time. Part of the game where that piece of music is used, yeah, it, it even it's given me goosebumps even thinking about it now. 
Um, yeah. It's so, so good. It's one of the best games I've ever played. Yeah, just play it, seriously. Play it. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've even got that on vinyl now. And, and yeah. White vinyl, it's gorgeous. Um, and actually, a friend, uh, it was my birthday a couple of months ago, um, and my friend, he's bought tickets for the two of us to go see Dear Esther live in Nottingham. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's in middle of January, so absolutely can't wait. It's going to be amazing. I'm just going to geek out entirely. Like, um, the last time I was in Nottingham was actually to see Ainyardi. Right. Now, I sat through that and cried the whole way. <laughs> <laughs> he was so good. One game that uh, I found really moving was uh, Journey. Yes. Uh, and the, the music for that was incredible. And I just, I was so blown away with that game because... Yeah. I played it in one sitting and sat yeah. played it in one, in one go. And uh, yeah, I just remember, I just remember it really well because there's no, you know, there's no dialogue in it at all. And at the no beginning, me. I think I played it once before and gone, man, what, what's this? Oh, I'm not really sure about this. Mm. You're just a guy floating around kind of thing, or a woman <laughs> floating around as it turns out. Um, and then the second time I picked it up, I just played it all the way through and just thought this is, yeah. But the music just it just drives that game forward completely. You know, it's the it's the emotional heart of it completely. It's great. It's really funny because I think the two of them wouldn't be this the whole a whole if, if without each other. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and a, and another another game by the same company um, that uses music in a really clever and amazing. Way is uh, flower. Yes, uh, that, which is fantastic on the beat, as you know. <clears throat> yeah, it, that also made me cry at the end. Yeah, but again, it's just a flower floating around yeah. me. No, it's just yeah. like you know, it's, it's a it's a, a really beautiful piece, of, and that's a, one of those things where it's you know, it's so intuitive to pick up, and mm. this thing where the music is just kind of completely driven by the gameplay. Like, and so kind of like locked into what you're doing that like they couldn't they don't it wouldn't really work as a separate thing no. you know no. yeah um i think for me journey holds a really special place in my heart because when i f- started kind of doing this um mm-hmm. austin was one of the very first people that we had actually on the show okay um, and he's a really good friend now um and he's oh. been really really kind over the years um, he sent me a piece of the sheet music for Journey, um, oh, for okay. Naissance, which I've now got framed, um, up in my spare room. And, uh, it's honestly, if this house burnt down later on tonight, that'd be the thing I'd be taking with me. Yeah. Dog in one arm, <laughs> paint a picture yeah. in the other. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. And I think this is one of the things I never even thought of, um, when I first started this. I started this podcast because I love game music, you know, and there's absolutely there are other people out there like me. Even if one person liked the show and listened to the show, that would do me, you know. Um, And to see the kind of reaction that we get now and the mental listeners, it's just fantastic. And we've kind of grown. Um, But what I didn't expect was the kind of the other stuff that came with it. Like, you know, I never in a million years thought that I'd be standing and speaking to like people like Marty O'Donnell. You know, people like um, Yoris Deman, you know, Olivier de Rivier, you know, you name it. Mm-hmm. Jessica Curry, you know, it's just mind blowing. You know, and I'm really quite humbled by it, to be honest. So it's always lovely when people like yourself, you know, take time out of your day to come on to the show and speak with us. Yeah. And it, cause I think it's for me as well. It's really interesting to hear everybody's different way of how they do stuff, how they've, you know, approached a game, you know, where they got their ideas from, all that yeah. kind of stuff. It, it blows my mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, there's no, there's no more way of doing it. I mean, no, absolutely. Amazing. I, I always remember, though, um, years, I think it was Jason. Jason said it at, at GMC years ago. He, he, you know, he says, right, out of the room, and everybody in the room here, out of everybody who plays games, I like, a handful, literally a handful of people put up their hand. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you need to start playing games. You yeah, cannot absolutely. score something for somebody if yeah. you don't know what the audience wants, what, you know, the people that hired you want, what kind of, you know, emotions that, you know, the player is experiencing or, or will experience. He just said, you know, 
compose every day and you need to start gaming. End off. I 100% agree with that because I, having sort of come from like a music production background, you know, like and I think I, I did do music production at college and, and stuff. I and, um, whereabouts at least? No, um, back in Dublin, you know, I mean, we are talking a long time ago, but my dad said that he wanted me to do something sensible. <laughs> so I did business studies and dropped out after a year. Right. <laughs> <laughs> College was never really my thing. Um, neither was school, to be honest. I hated it. Yeah, same here. I didn't go to uni, but I, I kind of, my sort of uh, uni years were spent playing in bands, really. So yeah. I'm kind of learning music equipment and um, production. Um, I always remember stuff. my brother going to to college and um, i just seen the stress that he went through. And he, yeah. did, um, he did film design. So now he's well, living in LA and he's worked on American Gods. Oh, yes, yeah, brilliant. He's done that and he's done... The music for that is incredible. Yeah. I don't, don't know whether you've... Uh, I've seen, it, I've seen it the first episode and I was just like, what? <laughs> but, um, yeah, he's just recently finished um, Star Trek. The new series. Oh, so that's the same director. Uh, I can't remember his name. Um, basically, the guy the guy who directed American Gods also directed Hannibal. Uh, oh yeah. And the music and he's using the same composer for American Gods. I think he's called Brian Wright Ratzel or something. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's so full on. I mean, it's like a lot of people really just couldn't cope with Hannibal because it got very strange. But I, I, I absolutely loved it. I loved it. Because uh, the weirder it got, I was like, this is just brilliant. You know, I just absolutely love this. Um, but and the music was so overwhelming. I mean, I, um, I remember watching it because uh, I've got the uh, surround sound system at home. And I had to turn up the, I had to turn up the sound speaker because the, the sort of music was so overwhelming. Like, this, even though it, it was very sort of tonal, like, it was just really, there's just so much going on in it, like you know that it kind of swamped the mix. But it, in a way, I kind of really liked it because it's so, it's kind of the whole it, the guys are directors are like, so kind of over the top. Anyway, yeah. they sort of it just really worked. But um, but yeah, I mean, just just go back to what you're saying mm. about the um, about the importance of playing games. I think I've sort of spoken to a few different people over the years, and some some people seem to think other sort of musicians or producers or, or what what have you that I mean the music business can get pretty hard and you know yeah I mean it's hard, it's difficult to make money you know at times especially when you're a recording artist and I think there's this complete misconception that mm-hmm. the game industry is some sort of like gold rush that you can just sort of decide to go and work in games and yeah. you, you'll make loads of money and that's cool. quite frankly that's just bollocks right yeah I mean I remember somebody saying because um, so, all these people obviously things like GMC they really want to get into the games industry you know, and kind of up to, into the upper echelons if you want for whatever yeah. word um, but somebody actually pointed something out that I don't think anybody really thought of is while you're trying to do that there are lots of other things that you can be doing and still be successful at like recording um, music for ad, TV ads all that kind of stuff or incidental music for use in a you know in a library or something all that kind of, you know, different things that they can be doing and still composing and still, you know, being creative. Absolutely. I mean, and if you're interested in making music for games, it's a completely different approach, you know. Um, yeah, the, the idea that um, you can just switch to game music is a, a misconception in my mind. Yeah, completely. Games. You know. and I think working in game music has definitely made me play, play more games. Mm. So, you know, because I've got an excuse for it. So. <laughs> it's research. It is totally reason. And every game I buy is, you know, is completely tax deductible as well, which is (laughs) I was gonna say, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I've got friends who are um self employed and they're like, Yeah, this is for work. (laughs) Dear me. Just wanted to say a huge, huge thank you, Jamie, for um being on the show and um I'm definitely off to play The Lost Bear now and folks get on this you know get out there i think the lost bear comes out on tuesday um so by the time you hear this you, uh, it will be out and um it's a, a mere 10 pounds so it's a couple of beers you know so get on it but as i said thank you hugely for being on the show um 
and we can't wait oh, to cool. see how um, things go. Cheers, thanks a lot for having me. It's been a pleasure.